Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Flyer Up Podcast. I am your host, Amadeo Gracia, with my partner, Chris Mayer. We do not overreact due to one loss like it's football. <laughs> oh, man. That was, a, that was a great game, wasn't it? Such, no, it was such not. A, such a fun, exciting game, and, you know... <laughs> <laughs> we, we be pissed, but we know when to not overreact to the game. Be, yeah, so, it, game, it, games like this happen. They do. Yeah, it, it, and every team's gonna go through it. It's it's just, it was just one of them games where literally the drop of the puck happens, and it's one nothing. And yeah. I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, and I just had a weird. I'm like this. I was like, this is game is not gonna go well. Yeah. And I I get yeah you know say I jinxed it whatever, but I just had a weird <laughs> feeling. I was like. Oh my god! And then they they scored and oh my oh. god! <laughs> it was um, and I just sat down. I just sat down, and I, and I was like, oh come on, Myers! And I see it. I'm like, oh my god! And then they what? score. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so if if you haven't heard in Flyers community, then you're either a blessing to not watch this game, or you just don't oh. care at all. So last night the Flyers got utterly destroyed by the New Jersey Devils by a score of five to nothing they got shut out by Mackenzie Blackwood they put four they put they put 40 plus shots on him and and in the other side the Devils only had like 18 shots or so yeah it was like the shots were like 46 like 19 or something yeah so uh yeah not a really big differential in shots but uh the only difference that matters is in the score and the Flyers couldn't cash in past Mackenzie Blackwood. Some big uh, keys in this game. The Flyers' power play was insanely horrible. They had more, they had more chances shorthanded than they did on the power play. It was just that bad. Who, the Devils? No, the Flyers. The oh, Flyers had more chances shorthanded. Yeah, well, that, that was like both teams. Both teams had more chances shorthanded than, than <laughs> on the power play. I mean, the Devils barely had – how many – I think the Devils maybe had, what, three power plays? Yes. And they had a power play goal, I think. Um did they have a power play goal? Yes, they did, and yeah, we'll okay. get to that later because it was a terrible goal allowed by Brian Elliott. <laughs> so Brian Elliott coming off of that shutout to the Detroit Red Wings, uh, it might be a, 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 another easy tax against the New Jersey Devils. No, Brian. And honest to God, this game probably should have been one nothing throughout the entire night, but Brian Elliott did not play good at all. No, I mean, it wasn't just his fault. The defense in front of him was awful, but there were some goals that were just like, oh, my God, come on, you got to save that. You got to save that. And yeah, starts right from the opening faceoff. A more blameless on a defensive breakdown. So 13 mm-hmm. seconds and literally off the opening draw, the Devils push into the zone. They forecheck behind the net, and it's Blake Coleman out in the slot, backhands it under Brian Elliott. It's one nothing jersey, 13 seconds into the game. And I did not have the luxury of seeing this because, you know, the good old people that come into the row insanely during the period starts and they were standing up the entire time. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, thank God I didn't see this, but come on, can you sit down? <laughs> I hate that. I absolutely hate that when I'm at, whenever I'm at a game and, and, and like, you gotta wait to go up. And then that's, that's what I like though. Cause they make you wait before you go up. Mm-hmm. And then there's always the people that like take forever to sit down. I'm like, sit down. I was like, I'm looking it's, over people's shoulder. I'm like, dude, sit down. It, it, it was a group of people too. Like this was one gigantic group, and they're like, hey, hey, how's it going? It's like I'm sitting here like with this gigantic grin on my face. Like, can you sit down, please? <laughs> <laughs> so, the Devils get that one nothing lead, and honestly, I would say the Devils did control. Most of this first year, the Flyers really looked like they were struggling. They were losing a lot of puck battles. They really couldn't get going. They got some chances in the offensive zone, but they'd sometimes step on their own foot and make a mistake, and it would result into a chance for the Devils. 
and Brian Elliott was making saves in this first period to keep us in the game. We do get a late power play, though, and that power play was absolutely awful. So we transition into the second period, and this is early on the Devils get a power play, and this is one of those terrible goals that is allowed by Brian Elliott. So it's Damon Severson coming up the right wall, and he's coming up with speed. He takes the shot from the right faceoff circle, and it somehow goes by Brian Elliott. It just somehow gets into the net, and it's just like, Moose, you got to stop that. I was like... And I'm sitting there, and, I, and I, I'm seeing Severson just cross over the line. I'm like, can someone go to him? I, I, like, like Raffle made a horrible play on the wall. He just shipped it by him and went right by. Yep. It, it, like, it was nothing. And then Provorov was just kind of leaning off. I guess he was expecting him to throw it around the boards. He takes a quick shot, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah. And, and it was just like one of the, the – oh, my God. It was just all night where it, it was just like – The, react, oh, this the main just, reaction is just, oh, my God. Yeah, that's literally it. I mean, there's many other words that I said that I cannot say as I'm doing this right now, but it, it was just, oh, it was so frustrating because they gave up the goal early, and then I, I don't know what the problem was in the first period. And also... it, was, it was like every time in the zone, all right, you know what, I'm going to get to this later. You can do just talk, <laughs> just recap the game, and then I'll go back into actually get your frustration out yeah and dissecting each period and what i thought was dumb and what wasn't things like that so to make matters worse so this is during a the when the devil's got a penalty on them and they haven't touched the puck yet so this is just basically the summary of the entire flyers game against the devil so i think this is a shot from niskanen or this is a shot from sanheim it goes through mckenzie blackwood the puck's in the blue paint and Voracek has a chance to bury it into the empty net. He doesn't. He hits the post, and the puck crosses, like literally goes across the red line to the other post. And it, goes out of the- I don't know if you saw the replay that close, but it flipped up on its side like it was rolling. <laughs> and then rolled across the line, and then I think it was Severson or Green that smacked it out. Oh. I was like, you got to be like, kidding me. It's just like at that point, at that chance, it's just like, okay, we're not scoring. It's going to be one of those games. Because that play felt like the game when Pittsburgh played here. And Cro- I think it was Crosby or Malkin had that chance, and he co- somehow couldn't bury it. Yeah, that was the 21st. It was just like sitting there, and he just whacked it. And it when he whacked it, his stick missed it going forward, but hit it backwards. It just went flying back the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just one of those nights for the Flyers. And we go into the third period. And this, the Flyers got a power play to start this third period. And th- this power play looks really good to start off. And then Travis Konechny makes a stupid pass with the point. And Pavel Zaka jumps on it. It's a two-on-one for the Devils. And this is a chance for Brian Elliott to make a stop. He doesn't. It goes 5-0 right by him. And it's 3 nothing, New Jersey. Yeah. And then Miles Wood gets another chance. 4 nothing. He gets another chance on a breakaway. 5 nothing. It's just like the breakaway. It's, it's Gosses Bear is playing. Uh, by the way, Gosses Bear was playing for Robert Hay tonight. <laughs> a little fact right there, and it's one of those typical Gosses Bear fumbling at fumbling with it on the blue line. He falls, and the Devils jump right on it. It's a breakaway for Miles Wood, and Brian Elliott just didn't try. It, it's just like this is a game combined with bad defensive breakdowns and one your goaltender not bailing you out. Literally, it's like they didn't play bad in the offensive zone. But they played horrible in the neutral zone and the defensive zone, the two zones that you have to play good in to get a win. It was literally, it was turnovers, horrible defensive zone coverage, and Blackwood was absolutely phenomenal. And none of that bodes well if you can't put anything in the back of the net. 
So, I mean, yeah, I, overall, they they didn't, for some, in, in the offensive zone, they played like they were going to blow out the Devils tonight. They had 46 shots on goal. But the one thing that annoyed me the most in the first period was the fact that they had one guy would dump it in and chase, right? Mm-hmm. It didn't matter who it was, winger, center, or, or even, a, even a defenseman on the rush would dump it in, and, and one of them would chase. No and then there was no support whatsoever. They, they were mm-hmm. just... It, it was like it was a one on four, and the Devils were two, three, four passes quick out of the zone, and they're go- and they're gone the other way. Yeah. And then the Flyers are caught, and that's what led to the first goal. No one, there's no support back there. There's no one out in front, and they score. Oh, yeah. It was just absolutely atrocious. But they started to pick it up in the second period to generate a lot of chances. As you said, the Voracek post that was just unreal. They couldn't score, and after that, it was it, it was just. It, yeah, because they had a chance going into that third period because it was just like, all right, they're only down two goals like, and they're and you they're get the power play to start it off, right? And okay. the Devils are one of the teams that blow leads constantly, and then they score a shorthanded. And I'm like, dude, I was like, this game is over. Yeah, it's just and also to correct one of the facts when I've stated on the goal, the first mile was goal was on the breakaway from the terrible turnover by Gosses Bear. The second mile was goal, Miles Wood goal was when Alex Lyon was brought into the game. And you can't blame Alex Lyon. He was just thrown into the dumpster fire. Yeah, and, and, and the move that Wood put on was outrageous. I thought Myers and Gossespierre were awful. Yes. Absolutely awful. Myers, he yeah, I mean, Myers, to get he also got leveled in the second he period. Did get, he thinking. did get leveled. I was afraid he was going to miss the rest of the game, but no, he did That's start the third period. I was thinking, period. too. Because if that happens, then Gossespierre has to play. Um, and uh, just... Uh, and also the summary of this game, uh, Andy Andreoff was playing for Joel Farabee. He was recently just caught up from Lehigh Valley because Joel Farabee is still sick from yeah, the past couple of days. So he, so he hasn't been playing. And who knows if he's going to be playing tomorrow against Washington, too. So, uh, and, and that's another thing that just annoys me about it because you give up two points like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And then you got to go face the Capitals. Then you got the Panthers. Then you got the Islanders. Then I think you have Columbus and then Tampa Bay. No, you and have Tampa, and Tampa you, Bay's away too. You play you play the Panthers twice that week. You play the Islanders. You play Tampa, and then you have the home and home against Columbus. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, it, it's like it's all like right, I, I'm not <laughs> see, I'm not as mad because it, this doesn't happen all the time. It, it's, yes, it's going to happen throughout a season. It's obvious. It's like I'm not as mad, but I'm also disappointed at the fact because the Flyers we've we've known this entire season. The Flyers play really good against really great competition. I think there were five one and two in the last so many games against like top teams in the league. But the Flyers have been very guilty of playing down to their competition. And this is one of those games right here. And 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 it's funny because like they didn't do that against the Red Wings. They went in there, they won. They destroyed the Red Wings. It's like a completely different thing. I mean, like the Devils were just running from the get-go. I mean, you saw it on the first face-off. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, Detroit's a whole different situation. You can make as many mistakes as you want against the Detroit Red Wings, and they will not make you pay for it because they're that bad. The Devils actually have some pretty decent talent, or they'll make you pay. Yeah. And it's like they have talent, but they don't have like that star talent. Like, like. Or, or sorry, the Red Wings. The Red Wings, like they have, yeah, they have a couple cool players. They got Bertuzzi, Mantha, Anthony, uh, uh, Anthony, CU, Larkin. Obviously, they have a few other guys as well. But compared to the Devils, who have guys like Hughes, guys like Coleman, he, even Wayne. I I thought Hughes, Coleman, 
and Simmons and Wood were their four best players last night. They were yes. all over the ice. Yeah, Simmons had himself a really good game. I was yeah. noticing out there the entire time. Dude, when it was 5 nothing, I wanted Simmons to score. <laughs> Just, why not? It, because if they scored, if Simmons scored, I would have I been 10 times happier, honestly. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I, I can hear that. <laughs> I, I could tell you're serious, but I also would have been pissed at the same time. So like, yeah, I, yeah I, I probably would have been pissed, too. I, I definitely would have been pissed. What am I saying? I would have been pissed, but I would have been like, all right, well, I, I wasn't that mad because it's Simmons. Yeah, it's just the fact for this game is that when we talk, it's like going after this game, like the locker room, you can t- clearly tell in the press conference, they were pissed off. They hated the way they played. I mean, All I, the players, obviously, were calling, the players were calling themselves out. And then you get Elaine Vigneault in his press conference, like taking the pressure off of them a little bit, which a, which a veteran coach should do. And right. he did the right thing. Mm-hmm. So they're and, focused. And, and, and all he said was that they just have to think about Washington now. Yeah. Like, just put it aside. Today's a new day. And Vigneault, I said that last night, talking yeah. today's a new day. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, Vigneault was is still confident that this team is going to make the playoffs. So there you go. Mm-hmm. So, in the end, throw this game into the damn trash. Throw it, throw it as far as you can into the trash can. Right. So, it's a, you move on. You play Washington this Saturday, but it's just like when we talked about this with Colby a couple episodes ago, like a fact that he stated. If the Flyers lose games, they can't be losing back-to-back games. They can't be losing so many stretches of games. They got you lose one, you go right back the next night and beat another team. You got You can't go on stretches of losing, because points at this points at this point matter. Yeah, and that's po- the, points know, are everything right now, dude. Yes. It, it doesn't matter if it's. It it, it doesn't matter. Uh, I don't care. As I, as I said the other day, I don't care how they do it. I don't care what it takes. Just get just get a point or two points, it, it, depending yep. on the matchup. Yep. Honestly, it's funny because we, we were talking about this off camera. Like this team just has that feeling where they'll just go in and beat the Capitals. I just have this weird pit feeling in my stomach that they're just going <laughs> to go in and beat Washington. Definitely. Seriously, yeah. I I could see it. I I could honestly see that. And then you look at the scores from last night. Some games that help and also hurt the Flyers. So Florida, they got destroyed by Vegas. They lost seven to two. The Islanders and the Kings, they played each other. The Islanders beat them five to three. And I was kind of hopeful because I saw the Kings beating them three to two earlier. So thank you, Los Angeles, for blowing that lead. Yeah. And then the late game of the night was Carolina and Arizona, and Carolina beat them by a score of five to three. So. Right now, if you look at the standings, the Flyers are now out of the second wildcard spot. They are technically and not technically tied with the Carolina Hurricanes because the Hurricanes have more regulation wins versus overtime wins. So they hold the second wildcard spot, while Columbus holds the first one with 67 points. And then you look at the New York Islanders. They are still in third place. They hold 68 points. And then you got the Pittsburgh and the Washington Capitals, who are just in their own little world right there. It's just... And if you look at Florida, compared to also the Toronto Maple Leafs, Florida has 64 points, so the Flyers have one more point than them, technically, if you're in a wildcard race, and Toronto has 63. So, in my opinion, Florida and Toronto are teams that, they're they're in their own little battle for third place. I don't see one of those two teams getting a wildcard spot, I see one of those two teams getting a third place spot, not a wildcard. So, yeah, I agree. Because honestly, like if I wouldn't mind if Florida could just keep winning, but we don't have to, like, like if they win, it it's it's not gonna bother us because, like, 
there's too many teams right now that are fighting for it. It's us, Columbus, uh, Carolina, Carolina the and even the Islanders are pretty close yeah. to getting a wild card spot. Like, like any of these four teams could get third place. Yeah. Any if of you them. look. And if you look below the standings, there's one team that's catching up a little bit with 59 points. That's the Montreal Canadiens. They have been playing better as of late. They're 7-3-0 in their last 10 games. So yeah, Montreal really. has Montreal has been picking up the pace a little bit, but I don't think so. Yeah, I, I think it's a little uh, – might be a little too late for them. It might depend on if they can add something at the deadline. I yeah. heard there was something that they might be getting rid of Kovalchuk or their uh, yeah, asking for or something that. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I, I don't know, man, because – I wanted to talk about this. Like, what do you actually think they're going to do at the trade deadline? I, it's either they're going to, Fletcher's either going to do something to where he trades for something to help the offense, which means he's going to basically a contract swap at this point, or he trades a bad contract to get something else in return, or he's not going to do anything. He's going to make one tiny move, maybe. Or something like that. Maybe something to like relieve a little bit of cap space. Maybe get someone. Maybe sign it's, someone and or talking, something. And this is what I want to tie this into. So, I said when I said Gossesberry was his first game back since injury. So this ties into what happened today at Flyers practice. So Flyers were practicing today, and before practice, Elaine Vigneault went up to Shane Gossesberry to give him a little pep talk to get his hopes up to get his. Well, to try to make him feel better after last night. And it's just, during the practice, apparently Gosses Bear got so frustrated that he snapped his stick in half, threw it against the boards, and he left. And no one has seen him since. Yeah. I don't, uh, I, I don't even know what to make of that. I, I guess... Uh, I don't even know. I guess it's just... Ghost, obviously, Ghost is frustrated. I mean, it's it, the play on the ice is resembling it too. I didn't think he had a good yeah. game last night at all. Yeah, he's clearly he had, frustrated he had a, at something. He had a decent game, and I and I was leaning more towards a bad decent going into the uh, going into the third where he had that turnover. Mm-hmm. And after that, I was just like, "This guy's awful." Yeah, <laughs> Seriously, like honestly, at this point, I I I honestly think he sucks. Yeah, it's just. There's some speculation saying that did Gosses Bear like reaggravate re the knee that he just got surgery on, and Elaine Vigneault says no, there's no knowledge of that if he reaggravated that knee. He wanted to put him in last night's game because he wanted to see how he would feel, and it's he said in, in quote from Vigneault just said he said I just wanted to get a feel. It's not fair considering what he had to go through as far as the injury, the operation, and then two practices, but it is what it is. <laughs> And in a continue on that quote, it's all about a serious injury, little time as far as getting back, getting a player back into game condition. Just wanted to have a little chat with him so that he stayed upbeat and continues to work real hard. When you look at it, serious injuries, three weeks to a month, week eight, and we gave him two 25-minute practices. A little unfair. Maybe we should have considered sending him to Lehigh Valley for a couple of days and then a couple of games because that is the fairly significant injury. So that there comes a point that should have the Flyers sent Shane Gossespierre down to Lehigh Valley for a little bit just to, so he can condition and get his feet little, get his feet wet a little bit. That wouldn't have went over well with anyone. Oh, definitely. Fan, Fans-wise. But it would make sense. He's, yeah, missed, yeah. he's missed so uh, much you know, time. He missed 10 right. games. So Yeah. And, uh, again, like, I honestly, do you think there's any way they do that now? Uh, who knows? Maybe they do send him down to Lehigh Valley, but uh, well, according well, if to... They... If they do, does that relieve cap space for them? It would barely relieve some cap space for them. It doesn't like take the contract off. I have no idea how that would uh, work. 
I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know how that would work either. Because I don't know if it's like, say, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but say they just like sent Jeru down, just as an example. Would they get like the eight something million that he makes, or would it just be like a little bit of that or nothing? I I couldn't tell you that at all. That's, I couldn't tell you that. yeah, that's uh. <laughs> so that's if you tied it into the practice from today, so the new line combinations as Elaine Vigneau trying to get the offense going most likely tomorrow against the Washington Capitals. So he changed up the lines a little bit. So you get your first line. It's Claude Giroux, Sean Couturier, and Jake Forchek once again back up atop. Your second line will be Kevin Hayes, Scott Lawton, and Travis Konechny. Third line will be J- James Van Riemsdyk, Andy Andreoff, and Tyler Pitlick. Fourth line will be Michael Raffle, Connor Bunneman, and Nicholas Albe Kubel. So it looks like Farabee might miss tomorrow, too, because he's still, I guess, sick. Who knows if we'll find that out tomorrow. Then the defensive pairs are still the same, regardless of Robert Haig being substituted back in for Shane Gostas there. So... It looks like Robert Higgs will be back in the lineup for tomorrow's game, and Shane Gosper is going to be scratched. So, it's just, I don't know what to say about Gosper now. I don't know how one man's confidence is so shot. So shot. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, don't... I think there's a lot of things that tie into it. One, I just think he's not. Obviously, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking that quote with Hag, but I, I wonder if that threw him off a little bit. How Hag was saying, of course I'm pissed. You know, I'm not I'm not able to play. Or mm-hmm. I, that wasn't the exact quote, but it was something along them lines. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it, obviously the injury is one of the bigger things. I think it. I, I to me, I think it bodes more to last year and started last year with all the trade rumors because he was having an off season, mm-hmm. and I don't think he was able to find that. Uh, what word can I use here? That uh, I don't know. That oh, cons- well. Obviously, consistency well, in his yeah, consistency in his game. That, trying to find something better, but I could have been next gear <laughs> his game. Yeah, he just couldn't find that gear to go back to that player he was in the seventeen eighteen season with sixty five points, and they and even the year, years prior when he had his rookie season, you know, qualifying for the Calder and everything, and mm-hmm. yeah, and even going back further than that when he was in, in uh, playing in college and stuff, he was really good at the time, and I just, I just think it's it's been a couple different reasons, and I don't know if it's the other prospects coming up and basically taking everything away from them with the Flyers, like guys like Provorov. I'm not saying that it was Provorov that made him come out, but it's been other guys, the the additions of Braun and Niskanen, and then you got Phil Myers who came in and this played really well. Then you have to throw Hag in because what are they going to do with Hag? Not many people want him, and there's no reason to send him to Lehigh Valley, so you have and, to play him. And he hasn't been playing that bad. No, he's been playing very good. That's the yeah. thing. So. I just think there's a lot of things that are setting Gossespierre back, and he's not able to come out of it and play to his full potential because there's been other guys that are basically saying like, "Hey, you know, you're he's Gossespierre is." I don't. I wouldn't. Do you think he's like old news at this point? Basically, not like old news like that, but like as on the defensive side, having the other guys coming in and everything I, like that. It's just like. We all know defensively Shane Gossespierre is a major liability. He just isn't good in his own defensive zone. But that he's got two problems in my in my eyes. One, he's not a good defensive defenseman, obviously, as you just said. And two, he just puts players in the wrong positions. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he just throws a random puck anywhere. Yeah, it's it's like that, that offensive game. It's still there. I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't know why he can't find a way to get that back out. I don't 
it's like tying back into the confidence thing again. It's tying yeah. back into I don't it just he's such a head case right now. I have no idea what's wrong with him. I don't either. It's I don't get it. I don't know how one man's confidence, like I said, just gets so shot to where he just can't figure it out. And is this a possibility where he definitely needs some type of change of scenery to, you know, get his I, I, mind I mean, clear? One would think, because that's what most players do that changes them around, makes them play better, is a change it, of scenery. Yeah, it's, it's also the fact that, one, that's mo- this is probably going to be due to the trade deadline. This is probably going to be one of the Fletcher's maybe moves that he does, probably gets Goss's bear to somewhere else, maybe a team buys into the fact that he still has that untapped potential that he ha- has yet to hit and a team will buy in on that and maybe give the flyer something in return. But also it's a, it's, it's sort of a salary cap relief too, because how much is it? Gosper making like five mil or something like that. Yeah. I, it's something it's around that. I know that it's, it's not like a horrible contract, but it's, oh, not, it's definitely not it's, horrible. No, it's not a bad contract. I think it's just, Something that if they didn't, it, it's something that if they didn't just have to worry about it right now, and if they were able to at least maybe get somewhat rid of it, if they can, because mm-hmm. I just don't. I mean, he makes four point five until twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four. That he's an unrestricted free agent, so mm-hmm. I don't know what they do there. I mean, it's uh, I don't know because if they want to make a trade, what do they have to give up? Because they have no cap space. I mean, if the Flyers make a trade, they trade Goss Bear. <laughs> you lose the cap. Yeah, right well, now. yeah, yeah. I know that, but who are they going to get? That's a th- that's there's been questions that's... about Toffoli. There's been John Gabriel Pajot. Honestly, that's I wouldn't the... mind Toffoli. Yeah, I wouldn't mind Toffoli. I wouldn't mind Pajot. I- I'm saying this like not many teams are going to value Goss Bear as much because how much he has struggled. But who knows? There's probably that one team, maybe a struggling team or just a bad team in general. That a would team want to like keep Los Angeles. A team like Los Angeles. A team, a team like, like Ottawa. Ottawa. Right. Basically, Gossip Bear needs to be traded to a team that's bad for him to get his confidence. probably the only team that's going to take him. Probably. It's either going to be that or a team that has a solid defense right now and wants to add a little bit more and see if they can work him into it. That's Maybe, maybe a team like Winnipeg. Maybe a team like Chicago. Uh, and maybe, I'm also saying this is kind of a stretch, but... Remember when Brett Burns transitioned into a defenseman from forward and he became one of the better defense, offensive defensemen in the league? That is true. What if Shane Gosper maybe some d- where down in the future he transitions into being a forward? And on maybe, a different team? On a different team and he makes and he, that makes his game a lot better. Maybe. Who knows? That's, know a, that's, that's, that's a stretch, but... That, that is a stretch. And it's definitely... Uh, that's a good forward with some pretty good backskating abilities, too. <laughs> it would be. I don't know, man. I mean, honestly, I just think the biggest thing as my ice rattles around in my cup. Um, <laughs> I, to me, the biggest thing is just it, it, I, I think it's just the the other players have kind of taken the spotlight off of them. I mean, guys like like Sanheim, Hag, and, and, and even for a while, everyone was thinking, oh, my God, we're going to have Gossis Bear. We're going to have Morin. And then they draft Provorov and mm-hmm. – uh, and even last year's draft when they drafted Cam York because they didn't really have anything else. I mean, they also they, drafted Sanheim. Yeah, Sanheim as well. Uh, Robert Hag. I mean, there's there's been a couple different uh, defensive guys. And Hag still makes these undrafted signings with uh, Phil Zimula. Myers and now Zamula, who is probably one of the Flyers' better defensive prospects as yeah, well. Yeah, Mark, Mark Freeman, probably the number one defenseman down with Lehigh Valley right now. Yeah. I mean, it's there's a lot of things that can tie into it, but honestly, I, like – 
who on this roster can you say will be traded at, at anyone besides Gossis Bear? No one. That's a, that's a tough question. Maybe Robert Hag, maybe Justin Braun. Robert Hag or Justin Braun, who knows? Maybe a JVR. Maybe. Who knows? The thing, who knows? Cap, no one, no, I don't think no one wants his cap space. Game. Exactly. Yeah. He's got three years left at $7 million after this season. Mm-hmm. So what do you do if you're Fletcher? I mean, it's hard to do anything. Look at what Elton Brand was doing with the Sixers. He barely was able to do anything because the Sixers roster is so crammed up. He had to put people on waivers just to trade for people. <laughs> it's it's a weird situation when you're stuck on so tight cap space. Yeah, and especially when they only have like around a million. Something. I mean, yeah, they're going to get some cap space back this season, but majority of the guys that they're going to get the cap space back, they're going to re-sign. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Whatever cap space they have this year, Lawton's contract has one year left after this year. You're definitely going to re-sign Scott Lawton. Brian mm-hmm. Elliott's contract ends this year. I don't see them getting another backup goaltender after Elliott's performance this year so far. Probably re-sign him as well. Unless Elliott decides to retire, which I don't think will happen. That's, that's, just, that's just thought. And Justin, uh, Justin Braun, maybe they bring back, maybe they don't. Maybe they rely on another young defenseman to come up, or maybe, maybe. they go into free agency for a defenseman. Who maybe. Knows? There is talk. Uh, oh, my God. Could you imagine they got Petrangelo? That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Imagine a freaking top pair of Ivan Provorov and Alex Petrangelo. And then this getting on your second pair. Oh my god. Yep. With Travis with Travis Sanheim or Phil Myers. That'd be oh, nice. You'd have now a third I've, pairing of Myers and, and Freeman. Or who maybe uh, Igor Zamola. Maybe he proved oh, oh my god. Oh that would be a dream. That's an and NHL that's an NHL move right there. And then you find uh Shane Gossa spare somewhere in Canada. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe you trade. Who knows? Maybe you trade him to the Florida Panthers. He's a Florida boy. Maybe he'll want to go there. Wow. Why would he want to go there? It's an empty building every night. I mean, he played. He, that's the team he grew up cheering for. So I mean, like, there's that's some. True. There's some t- connections there. So it, also, it makes it makes me think too because do you think there's anything that they could maybe get from Nashville with this? I know. I know. I bring up Nashville a lot, but it's it's because they're. I have no supposed idea. to be sellers at the deadline. I could not tell you that whatsoever. It's it's so hard to think of trades that can happen when you're on such minimal cap space. Yeah, it's 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 hard to think about that stuff. And it also, speaking speaking of trades, a trade did happen the past a uh, few days ago. So it's between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Los Angeles Kings. So Toronto apparently they traded for a backup goaltender from Los Angeles. They traded for Jack Campbell. They also got Clifford in the deal as well. And going to Los Angeles will be Trevor Moore and a couple of picks. So to Toronto in the endless search for a backup goaltender for Frederick Anderson, maybe they found one in Campbell. Who maybe. knows? Campbell's numbers aren't that good right now, but he's on the Kings. So that's yeah, he's on the Kings. Most likely so. why his numbers aren't that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I mean, and there was there was a thing that actually came out with that uh, that pick. So the 2021 third round conditional pick. Yep. That pick. There's a. There's a. Trying to think what the word is called, and never mind. I'll just say what it is. So that pick, it can move up to Toronto's second round pick if they re-sign Clifford, or if they make the playoffs and Campbell wins six regular season games. So, so, so he has to win six regular season games and and make the playoffs, and also sign Clifford. No, it's it's if they re-sign Clifford or 
Uh, if they make the playoffs and Campbell wins six regular season games. So it's either they re-sign Clifford, which they most likely won't because they won't have cap space. Yeah. And there has been talk that they may be getting rid of Muzzin. I would love Muzzin on the on the Flyers. Absolutely love Muzzin. The only <laughs> thing is, is that I don't know what would happen with his cap space because I don't just don't think the Flyers will be able to afford that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Because the I thing is with either. Toronto is... Do you think they start Campbell for at least more than six games? At uh, least six or more? Well, how long is it? Is it Anderson still injured? He's day to day. He's day to day. So it, he's that's, what, that's what Sheldon Keefe said the other day that he was day to day. He'll probably come and start a few games here and there if Anderson's not ready. Maybe. Who, who, and, who's been their backup for them currently? Was it, is it Michael Hutchinson? Hutchinson? Yeah, I feel like it was Hutchinson. And his his numbers his numbers his number numbers his number number numbers oh my god his numbers have been awful they've been like atrocious he's he's given up three or more goals in like you know i'm gonna pull up that stat for you real quick before i say something stupid because i saw this i don't know if any of you is listening to this right now i don't know if he's watch steve dangle but i get i know a little a decent amount about the leafs because i watch uh steve dangle a lot so anyway, Mitchell, this is a tweet from Chris Johnson. Michael, Michael Hutchinson has given up three or more go- three goals or more in a period in nine of his fifteen appearances this season. Jesus, he's been atrocious, and Freddie Anderson has been a rock for them in that he's really well, of the course only he reason is. That yeah, I mean he's basically like that every year until they make the first round and their defense collapses. <laughs> it's crazy. Like I, I don't know. The only thing that I could maybe, I don't know. Do you think there's any way that they maybe trade another piece at the at the trade deadline and not Gossip Bear? Maybe a younger forward. Maybe a guy like Raffle. Maybe Scott Lawton. Maybe uh, uh, who knows? Maybe they trade a guy like I don't know Gerben Rubstoff. Maybe they trade. Uh, who knows? I, I I think Rubstoff's kind of name kind of fell down at the chart a little bit though. Oh, uh, it definitely did. You also have guys like Isaac Ratcliffe down in the minors. Yeah, I don't think there's any way they're going to give up Ratcliffe. It's a, you're on. I would say your untouchables prospect wise are Morgan Frost, possibly Ratcliffe, and definitely Igor Zamula, prospect yeah. wise. And I guess goaltenders also can be untouchable. Sandstrom and yeah, Ustamenko actually has been tearing it up for Reading. He just got called up to um Lehigh yeah, Valley. He was the ECHL goalie of the month or yeah, goalie he, of the week, something like that. I forget his stats, but I know he had like one regulation loss or something like that, and he had like a one point something goals against average. He's been really good. Yeah, he he has actually played really well, and he's one of the guys that's like, I I honestly cannot wait for him to make the team. I'm so so excited for him this year, man. Like he's been great. So with the Royals, he's played thirty games. Uh, he's 18, four and five, and he's a 248 goals against average and a zero, uh, 916 save percentage. That's good. That's, That's good. very good. And he was goaltender of the month for January. Uh, yes, and he has one shot out as well. Over his January uh, stats. I'm attempting to try to figure that out as of right now because uh, <laughs> here it is. Uh, he earns earned goalie of the month award for Reading. Uh, the first year pro went six one and one with a one eighty seven goals against average, and a nine thirty sa nine thirty five, uh, save percentage, and wait, I kind I lost it one second. 
One second. And yeah, so it was yeah, one eighty seven goals against the There's so many ads that are popping up on this website. <laughs> I dude, I kid you not, I'm clicking this and there's like four different ads as I'm trying to read it. Well, that definitely does earn him a call up to Lehigh Valley because I don't think Sandstrom's numbers were as dominant as his numbers are, but eh, I guess Sandstrom can use some time down, back down in the ECHL, so it's a good call up for Ustamenko to get some time in the AHL, get some AHL action in there for him because he definitely has deserved it. Mm-hmm. So to go back into tying into, I guess, like games that are important for the Flyers, so for tonight's games... Tonight's games are the the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs taking on the Anaheim Ducks at 7 p.m. Then you also get the New York Rangers taking on the Buffalo Sabres at 7 as well. And then a game that ties directly for the Flyers in for the wild card race, the Columbus Blue Jackets will be at home as they take on the uh, the, the Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> so uh, yeah, there's a uh, Columbus will probably be four points ahead of us by the end of the night. So uh, put that in the books for then. So but then we go to Saturday. There are some games that deal for the Flyers directly. The New York Islanders on Saturday will be in Tampa Bay taking on the Lightning at 7 p.m. Hopefully the Lightning will get two points away from them from that game. The Pittsburgh Penguins will travel to Florida to take on the Panthers at 7 p.m. on Saturday. Hopefully the Pittsburgh Penguins will take away some points from Florida. Then on Saturday as well, the Colorado Avalanche will take on the Columbus Blue Jackets at 7 p.m. So there's a lot of games that are tying into the Flyers in the last game that revolves around the Flyers on Saturday will be the Carolina Hurricanes will travel to Vegas to take on the Golden Knights at 10 p.m. So a lot of games that can mean some things for the Flyers right there. So the Flyers have to do their business against the Washington Capitals tomorrow if they want to, you know, stay relevant. Even though they do stay relevant, I don't know why I'm saying that, but it's just they they got to they got to get the point when they got to get the points, basically. That's that's the basic summary. They have to get points. And now this game is crucial if, since they lost last night in regulation. Yes. Yeah, this New Jersey, if you beat the Devils, eh, you wouldn't mind losing to Washington because it, Washington's a tough team. But if you right. lose to Washington, this this loss against New Jersey looks even worse than yeah. it already is. It's the and same it, thing as if, say they beat the Devils, right? Yes. And say they lose to the Capitals, it doesn't. It, it, that game against the Devils doesn't necessarily matter at that point. Yeah. And the same thing if they beat the Capitals this on tomorrow. If they beat the Capitals, this game against New Jersey doesn't necessarily matter. Yep. Because you still are in gaining ground. You're same with the points. And and this even went back to that game against the Avalanche because if that game, if they say they lost to the Avalanche that game, right? Yeah. And, and we all know that they beat them six three. And the night before they played Pittsburgh, if they lost the avalanche that one point against pittsburgh would have meant nothing because yes. you should have you should have gotten two out of that game they only get one thankfully they beat the avalanche and all and all as well as of now honestly man i don't even think it's going to be that tight of a uh obviously well I, i'm gonna rephrase that i don't even think it's going to be that tight of a game i think it's going to be I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a good game, but I'm, I, th- I think I'm inching toward a Flyers win. I know I don't do predictions, but I'm, I'm inching toward a Flyers win. Cool. Well, there's your one prediction. Hopefully it doesn't come back to bite you in the ass. <laughs> so. Are you doing a prediction? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, come I'm on, not. do one. If I did one, you got to do one. But I will give you. I will say I won't give a score prediction. I won't give you wins, but I think it's going to be a very tight checking game. I feel like it's going to come down to one goal between the two teams. I'm not saying who's going to win. I'm not saying who's going to lose. So there you go. 
But also, who do you think starts for Washington? Is it going to be Holtby or is it going to be uh, of who's their backup goaltender? Samson I first, it, no, his name slipped my mind for a second. I don't know why. I was thinking Sandstrom, and I know it wasn't Sandstrom. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, who do you uh, think? So who do you think starts? I'd have to say uh, Samsonov because Samsonov. I don't think Holtby's been playing that good recently. Mm, we might. Honestly, I, I kind of feel that too. I feel like they're going to start Samsonov on Saturday as well. But then if you look ahead into the schedule, the Flyers are definitely going to be seeing Sergei Bobrovsky a, a few times in the next week or so. They play Florida twice next week on the 10th and the 13th. So uh, hopefully Sergei Bobrovsky, you know, the uh, the good old 10-plus million-dollar goaltender, hasn't been playing <laughs> good for Florida. But, you know, when he loves to play against the Flyers, so hopefully the Flyers are ready for those games. On the 11th, the Flyers will play in Long Island. Well, to actually, they play in Brooklyn as they take on the New York Islanders in the Barclays Center. And oh. on February 15th, they will travel to Tampa Bay to take on the Lightning. And then that following week, the Flyers will have that home-and-home, home, the really important home-and-home home series with the Columbus Blue Jackets on the 18th and the 20th. Then the Flyers close out February with a three-game homestand against Winnipeg, San Jose, and the New York Rangers, three teams who are struggling. And yeah, Winnipeg, yeah, they're battling for a playoff spot, but you got to beat them. San Jose, they're not good this year. You got to beat them. And the New York Rangers, they're not in a playoff spot. You got to beat them. So you're going to get some tough competition in this next week and a half, but then you end it off with hopefully some not so good competition. So the Flyers got to get some points here. Got to get some points. That's they're the, everything. Yeah, points are literally everything here. So. To wrap it up here on the Florida podcast, let's hope the Flyers can get a couple points out of the Washington Capitals tomorrow as they prepare for the uh, the really big stretch of important games coming up between teams like Florida, the Islanders, and the Columbus Blue Jackets. So for this episode of the Florida podcast, we'll see you in the next episode. So without further ado, see you next time, everybody.